Yeah, can you, is this any good or any good? can you hear me like this? Or is Wait, go speak again. Okay, here, here's one. Hi, everybody. My name's Brandon. Here's two. Hi, my name's Brandon. That works better. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris, and I have a special guest host since John is in parts unknown. Um, it's been a super long <laughs> time since he's been on the show, but we have Brandon here today. How are you, Brandon? I am doing very well. Thank you for asking, Chris. How's your, how's your, how are you, uh, I guess? <laughs> As we're recording this, it's it's Easter Sunday, and, and I think Brandon's hitting the punch, so, you know. I, it, it, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of uh, whipped vodka is all the hardcore alcoholics do. Oh, okay. If you say so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I know that if anybody, if I'm going to take a drink recommendation from anybody, it's going to be from you. Um. Yeah. So, like for the past two years, all I drank is water. So, all I can all I can yeah. recommend now is water. Yeah, I like uh, I try to drink. So last weekend we had, um, you know, a few drinks and whatnot. But and I've tried to like mix it with other things. Um, so I, I my I got an orange soda from uh, McDonald's without any carbonation. But my body does not like carbonation whatsoever. Oh, okay. So like, yeah. So this is uh, when. Well, last week when we had uh, you know a bottle of vodka, and I'm like, oh, let's do some Coke and vodka, or Coke and rum, or Coke and whiskey, and it's not great. So straight straight alcohol, yay. So but anything. How does one order a orange soda from McDonald's with no carbonation? So there are two different types of sodas. There is an orange soda. Like, I think it's Fanta, which is carbonated, and then, like, Minute Maid, which is not. So I can't remember which one's which. Oh, okay. So it's mm-hmm. not actually an orange soda. It's just an orange drink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're we're uh, we're talking semantics there, but I think, yeah, you you are. Well, you're yeah. not going to ask for a high-C soda. You're going to ask for a high-C drink. I see. Okay, so, yeah, maybe it's high-C. I can't remember. Okay. I'm so, just being pedantic. Because well, we've been playing... No, I got hey, I I walk everywhere as well. But um but uh we've been playing board games all day. So we uh anytime you have a board game um and you add a little bit of alcohol and it's it's a little bit better of a board game. Okay. Again, all I do is water, water. So I'll take your word for it. Yeah, we it's during the during the pandemic coronavirus, those 2 years or whatever would have been a perfect time to start drinking. Well, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and I I will admit I have I have recently had my interest piqued by wine. Um, have you drank wine? No, ever. No. Okay. 
just I don't know. I was reading some okay. stuff about um, you know, there's all those reports of like one glass of wine a day is good for your heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was I my I had my interest peaked and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if now's the time." And I've just never gotten around to actually mm-hmm. because there's so many wines and there's so many different like types. I'm just like, I don't know what to get. So I just haven't. Well, it's wine is like vodka, like beer, like whiskey. It's like anything else. There's just so many Brent. Like if you take a a, a nice glass of Suntory whiskey, I would not recommend that as your first glass of whiskey. (laughs) You know, I would recommend something probably a little bit smoother, probably mixed with something. Like if you get a Jim Beam mixed with Coke, you're doing all right. Cause it's very sweet and you really can't taste the alcohol at all. Okay. But you know, if you want like, you know, a nice glass of, uh, you know, that, that's Japanese whiskey, a Centauri whiskey. Cause you can be like, I'm an, I'm an asshole, which is true, but that's not that's particularly applicable here. Um, but, uh, like, you know, it's nice with ice. I, I personally like everything, you know, um, neat, Um, but, uh, um, yeah, like I wouldn't recommend that to somebody who's just starting to to drink. So my, I had an actually who, whose parents drank a glass of white wine every night with dinner. Like they would literally buy like a gallon bottle of wine and then go through like a gallon or two of wine every single week. So. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an idea. I don't know if it'll come to fruition, but it's, it's there as I, as I, mean, I get it all older depends on what you're trying to do. Well, as I get older and stuck in the pandemic and shit like that, it's like, you know, you start to look inward and be like, what am I missing? And you know, <laughs> the list is long. I don't and, think alcohol is the solution. <laughs> well, no, but the list is long and varied. And you know, at some point it's like, that's something I've never done. So, and I'm sure I'd be, I'd be a lightweight. Uh-huh. I'd, I'd one drink and I'd be like, all right, we're good. So, so I, when I first started drinking, I was older when I started drinking. I don't know if you and I have ever discussed this, but, no, I don't think so. uh, or at least on uh, in a recording, but I was, you know, I had my first drink oh, at, a, at a, a church choir thing, you know, and they were having champagne and dad's like, why don't you try this? And it was, you know, champagne. I'm like, this is terrible. Never mind. And, you know, I had a sip of beer here and there, but my first drink I had when I was 17 and it was by accident, I was actually performing in a show and the bartender was a really nice guy. And I don't know if one, he thought I was older than I was. Okay. This kid's cool. I just, just give me a, a, a drink, which I meant water because I'm, you know, sweating at that point. And he pours a very, very dry martini, which I just slurp up in one gulp. <laughs> and, uh, I was breathless. I was, that is not the drink to start with. <laughs> um, because you know, everything that I uh, eat because of my family is very sweet. So, um, so it's, you know, dry, it's bitter, or at least to me at the time. And I don't like olives and still to this. And then I think like my first real drink when I was 21 was a, uh, a mudslide at uh, Applebee's, um, which is the coolest thing ever. Is that where somebody like public. shits in a cup or and then you drink it or what? No, I, no, no, not quite. It's basically a chocolate milkshake with, um, like Kahlua 
makes 10. Okay. Yeah, sure. that's that's the proper response to that, Chris. The <laughs> proper response. Um, but then um, I had, uh, I think, like when I was like actually like starting to drink, drink when I was like twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Because I didn't start drinking in excess until I was about twenty three. <laughs> in um, excess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like I would have a, like if I was going to drink, I was going to have a drink. So I had like a, uh, I think. I heard like I was gin and tonic and I'm like, cool. Give me a gin and tonic, which is very piney tasting. Okay. And, uh, so, uh, then, then, uh, some people were like, that's not a guy's drink. A vodka tonic is a guy's <laughs> drink. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And I remember I was in billiards one night when it's the first time, like months into 21, maybe possibly into 22. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a second drink tonight <laughs> while we're playing pool. And it was vodka tonics and I'm like wow this is I'm still fine <laughs> and then you blacked out and you and woke up in somebody, have, the backseat of somebody's car no not not quite <laughs> not quite innocent Brandon <laughs> yeah, exactly. was gone like what <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like um, I had broken up with a girlfriend uh, right before my 23rd birthday yeah. Uh, and it was New Year's, and that's when I was like, uh, like she was younger than I was. She wasn't able to drink at the time, and um, I was like, th- I called her up, and she was drinking, and I was like, well, I'm gonna drink now too. Damn it, <laughs> you know, I was not, wasn't drinking because she was not drinking. So, and so I uh, just champagne and vodka. I know I, I've mentioned vodka a lot. I drink more whiskey than I do anything else, but, but, um, yeah, it's just like a lot of champagne and vodka I ended up at a friend's house and I, I made out with this one girl and then I turned over and I'm like, would you like to make out? And she's like, which has happened to me at least on two different occasions in college. Uh, and she's like, no, I would not. Cause you just made out with that girl. And I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. So, I was just uh, uninhibited and stupid and sloppy, nice. which is, I guess, what I am now, a leader in life as well. But <laughs> just older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, just older, but still uh, sloppy. <laughs> okay. So, is there somebody sneaking in? You looked away. No, I'm sneaking in there. No, I'm I'm looking at the recorder. I'm making sure it's still recording. Te- oh, technical this, stuff I is going on. I don't know if this is background. worth your recording space. I know this is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have a, I'm outside currently. So there's pro technical stuff going on out here. <laughs> but but so, yeah. So, um, so what, what, what piqued your interest during uh, the COVID ab- about uh wine of all things? Well, like health reasons? No, it, it, well, uh, no, that, that was a different journey. That was, um, so the, the, the lockdown for me was a little weird because like you saw all those, all those, uh, news stories about people getting a couple of months to explore their passion and like, you know, they're starting Twitch channels and they're, there are people on balconies playing music together. And like, I didn't get to do any of that. I got laid off almost right away and then had to figure out how to provide and like make money. So a lot of people made bread. You just could have made bread. Well, 
I've done that recently too, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> so, so a lot of it was like, um, at, at one point last year during the summer, I was so busy with freelance work in my regular job that I had realized that I was working for about 17 hours a day. I was sitting for almost mm-hmm. all of that and to the point where I was averaging like less than a hundred steps a day. And so I was like, holy Jesus. shit. I'm, Even I had to walk more than that. I'm going to <laughs> die. So I, I mm-hmm. bought a standing desk and started walking in the afternoon and still doing like at your desk or in the, well so I, no i would take a break at like six o'clock and go out for a walk for an hour and then go back to work mm. and so now now that things have started to calm down with the freelance work i bought a um an under the desk treadmill for my standing desk and so i yeah. walk while i work and so like um, a lot of people whistle, so I think you're well. I can't up, upping them. Behind. Well, I can't because like I have to mix audio and stuff, and that's hard to do when you're whistling. Yeah, I gotcha. So, I so and there's not six others of you. That's right. So you know, I was sitting there, and mm-hmm. I was like, as as I was getting healthier and changing the, what I was doing and stuff like that, I just started to think about and it. May be like midlife crisis shit. I don't know, but it was like. I, I will, I will be honest and I don't think I've ever said it on here. I thought that the pandemic was how the world was going to end. I really was like, this is, this is this, we are, we are witnessing the end of the human existence. I'm going to eat what the fuck I want. I'm going to do whatever. And like it, it's that this is the way this is the way it's going to end. And when it didn't, and things progressively got better, I was like, and you're like, oh shit, I stopped. And I, I was like, "Whoa, I've done some damage now." But then it start it started. I you know as an I don't know if you've ever had an, an existential existential crisis, but like you start to, weekly. But yeah, okay. So you know that feeling of like shit, time's running out. Like, what are the things I want to do? Especially like once the pandemic is as that like got to a point where it's like okay, you can travel again and you can go places. It really became like, what do I want to do? And so looking back on my life, I was like, the reasons why I didn't drink were valid when I was a teenager. And the reason like, I don't know if I've another thing. I don't know if I've ever mentioned on here. I had a good friend die in a car crash when I was 17 and it was two or three days before I turned 17 and I got my driver's license. He was driving. He happened to be drinking. And so in high school and in college, I made it my personal um, mission to make sure that all my friends got home. Mm -hmm. And so I became the designated driver for everybody. And that just kind of. So high school was basically like Vietnam for you. Okay, sure. No, I mean, no man left behind. Uh, Sure. I mean, it it really was like. Um. If you're going to do this, I'm going to make sure that everybody's safe. And I don't know why I did that other than like 
loyalty to my friends or whatever, but like drinking just never appealed to me after that accident. And so Mm -hmm. once, once I got older, it, it kind of became a thing of like, Oh, I don't drink. I don't drink like, like that. It wasn't a claim to fame, but it was like, tell me something interesting about yourself. Okay. I've never had a drink of alcohol. Yeah. And then it's like, but I'm, I'm missing something. It, it started to be the realization that hit me. And I started to look at like wine and it was like, okay, there seems to be some health benefit to that. Trying to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Would that add to what I'm doing now? And that's kind of how the wine thing started. You know, I've yeah. also thought about like, I've never been high before. Like, what am I missing there? Like, it's just a whole bunch of those questions. Edibles is where I would go with that. Well, that's where I would go if I was going to do it. But like, yeah, that's the list of that I'm in is like, I'm looking back on like, I've never done this. I've never done this. I've never traveled outside the country. I've never, you know, I've never seen the things I wanted to see because I've always been too busy, but like, you've never traveled outside the country. No, I don't have a passport. I don't, I, oh well, okay. I've been to Canada, I've been to Mexico, and I've been to Grand Cayman. Is the three places I've been outside the country. They they, they are outside of the country, just for the record. Yes, I understand that. But I'm talking like Europe. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like tracking yeah. down ancestors well, in Scotland. Shit, you know. M- most of that is expensive, though. So that's not necessarily like a. I don't think it's an inhibition thing. I think that's more of a. Uh, monetary I, I need to feed my child but it's thing. it's also been something that I've always wanted to do and I've always put it off and like yeah I'm gonna be 48 in two months and it's like I'm probably more than halfway done and I've not done the things that I want to do is you know so, so to add on to that I started doing the math on that like you said you have existential crisis I, I think any semi-intelligent pragmatist does. Um, But I also do. Um, And so, like, I think, like, 76 is the middle age, like, is the the average age of death. So what is that, 38, 37, 38? So technically you're 10 years past halfway, which really starts fucking with your head a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that realization that there's and then there, people start judging you based on your age. There are more days behind than ahead is a weird fucking thing to think about. And me, well, so being sorry. an atheist and not believing that there's anything after this, tax mm-hmm. on to that crisis of like, if I don't do it now, then chances are I'm not going to do it. And if I die earlier than I'm expecting, then I'm really screwed because I wouldn't have experienced any of that. So sorry, hold on. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so we had a friend pass away, a family friend mm-hmm. and she was 75. And, uh, so we were sitting at dinner after the funeral with all the family, the nine young who very much appreciated each other. Uh, and so much as they were running around and slapping. Uh, um, but, uh, they, he, one of the guys was talking, the, the, what the husband of, of one of the daughters. And, 
Uh, Ethan's your friend. Um, her, her dad just passed away at uh, late 60s, early 70s. Right. And so he was talking about, not Ed, but the, one of the, the guys at the funeral. He was talking about how he is now uh, late late 40s, I think, mm-hmm. right around your age. And he's like, nobody else in my family lived past 55. And so that's really done a number on his head where he's like, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to check all these boxes before 55 because if that's it, then that's it. You know, because seven years. Yeah. You know, my parents are in their mid-70s. Yeah. And how, how how old is your how old is your dad? My dad is seventy. He just turned seventy four, I think. Right. So my parents are actually a year older than your parents. Okay. Or maybe the same age. Um, oh. Pardon me for not knowing right off top, but but yeah, it's it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, you 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 kind of treat that that daily interaction is just that it's a daily interaction you're like how many like getting up for easter this morning my stomach wasn't feeling uh and my parents really wanted me to go to church and i really wanted to go to church simply on the fact simply based on the fact as it were that how many more easters are we going to have together right oh trust me i do that math all the time i do that kind (laughs) of shit all the time yeah so it's I mean, it really fucks with you. It really your head. gets you. Yeah, and, and uh, take a shot if you're worried about that. <laughs> I'm going to right now. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Because, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you, there's some level, you're like, oh, I'm 38, so therefore, because people always think midlife crisis is like 45 or 50. But how many of us live to eight, uh, 80, 90, 100 years of age? Right. You know? Right. And, and like. So, like I, I started my midlife crisis at 41. I was fine. I felt like you started your midlife crisis at 24 knowing you. No, no, truly. It was, <laughs> it was, I, 40 was fine. I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally good. I turned 41 and it was like a light switch flipped. And I was like, I'm going to die soon. And I don't know why. And I felt yeah. like I was coming out of it and everything was okay and I was accepting things mm-hmm. and then my mom died. And that completely <laughs> threw me right back in. And I was like, okay. Have you dug your way out of that since then? Well, I was getting there and then the pandemic happened. And for the past <laughs> two years, it's been in the house taking precautions because... I have I have a medical history that would make me more susceptible to coronavirus than the average person. And it's like I'm still wearing my mask wherever I go. I'm doing a whole bunch of other stuff just yeah. just to make sure like I'm doing my part. And yeah. like I sit there and I get these weird looks and it's like you're not me. You don't know what's going on and all of this stuff like other personal things that are going on and, and just has been like bombardment and like, so I, I like my mom died. I was like, okay, I, I never, I never had the, what is it? Five stages of grief thing after she died. Yeah. Yeah. I was totally accepting. Is it 12? Is it only five? I thought it was five. Is it, it 12, 12 steps of the 
alcohol. I'm like literally not making fun of this. Uh, five to seven steps of grief after uh, someone dies, and then like, is it twelve step programs for alcoholism and drug abuse? There's five. There's five stages. So yeah, I think I think that that's it. Okay. Um, okay. Pardon. Sorry. So so the five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I skipped. I accepted the fact that she was dead almost immediately and I went right to anger and I stayed in anger for a good year and a half, whatever it was. Um, I think that was probably around the last time that we did the podcast. No, I, no, I think I was out of it by, by then. Okay. And it, it's, it, it struck me at really I mean, weird. So there's times. no reason that you punched me. There's no reason that you punched me, and I don't appreciate that. Just because of your punchable face but, is pretty much it. No, I, I, I believe it. I buy that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, as I had worked through that and I was like, okay, I finally feel like I'm a little better. It's like, hey, the world's ending. And I was like, fuck me. <laughs> so, you know, I... And I, I, I don't want this to come off wrong, but like we live in the South and a lot of people didn't have the same outlook as I did on the the pandemic. And like, especially in the town where I live, it was it was hard to watch people complain about having to wear masks, about getting shots. It was just like but it saves other people's lives. And so right now that we're kind of coming out of it again and there's, there's a chance to travel and stuff. I'm like, okay, I've sat and stewed on this for a couple of years now. So now I've got to make this shit happen. And that's kind of where I'm at now. But so we, 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 so parents are both older. Mm-hmm. I, I live with my family um, because of the fact that one, I don't have money. Um, uh, and I, I probably should at my age have far more money and far more stability than I do. But, you know, also my, I, I actually during the pain for my brother, um, meaning that, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, basically I look after him. So whenever, you know, to the movies, you know, we feel like going to the movies, let's go to the movies and, you know, they'll, it's part of my job to take care of him, right. you know, to make sure that if something happens that he's whatever. Anyway. Um, so we stayed in for the first six months, mm-hmm. like everybody else did, you know, and we were, um, although my dad wanted to argue the science or the lack of science or however you want to look at it, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, mom was always like, we're mass dumbass. <laughs> basically um <laughs> go get vaccinated jackass i don't trust anybody either but come on <laughs> um and i mean you you've you've met uh my parents so mm-hmm. um but we about six months in we, we've been going out and doing everything as usual just taking every proper precaution so we went to the movies because nobody else was right you know, we were going to to the drive-in movie theater when it was still safe to go somewhere without being at home. Didn't want to actually like interact with people, so we drove an hour to Buford. Right. 
um, or we drove an hour to the movie theater as it were. Um, and then, um, we would go to the movie theaters when it was safe to, to go here. Um, and we would take hand sanitizer and sprays and wipes. And so when we would go to the movies, I would, um, anytime anybody touched anything, hand sanitizer. Okay. Well, we're sitting down in these chairs and I would take a gigantic can of spray and spray the entire seat down and all the buttons and all the, you know, knobs, et cetera, et cetera, because I'm a 95 year old man. <laughs> um, and, um, and we would, I would wipe everything down so that it was dry, but we, we had an experience where there were, there were no issues, knock on wood. Um, but we couldn't, we couldn't live in a bubble and, and, you know, mom and John both have medical conditions, uh, not like, but akin to yours. Right. Um, which I think is a synonym now that I think about it, but you know, a, a slew of health issues. Um, and we never had any issues with it because we took all the proper precautions, but we weren't going to stop doing things because, uh, I just watched so many people drivel up and, and a couple of people just die, not from sickness, just from loneliness and depression. So oh, no, I, it was, it, I, look, I was in a house full of people and I was fucking lonely. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to oh, yeah. do? I, mean, I was too. <clears throat> But I mean, we also had to be cautious because of of the four friends who always hung out, which was um, myself, Brooke, who've been on the show before, Chrissy, who I don't think has been on the show before. Um, you know, w- one parent has uh, uh, actually two of two different people have leukemia, and then the other person was you know bedbound. Um, one of the other parents was bedbound, so we had a circuit. Right. So anytime we broke that circuit we were in quarantine for two weeks. didn't matter what we did. Right. So, you know, one time when I had a friend come in from all the way across the country, surprisingly, um, she, she's like, Oh, I'm coming in. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Great. So, you know, I got to see her for a few days, but then I had to go live at somebody else's house while we didn't leave that house for two weeks. But see, if everybody was like that, it would have been a different two years. This is true. But you can't expect that from everybody else. You just got to kind of continue to live and and expect the stupidity from everybody else. <laughs> well, especially especially in this mm-hmm. town, <laughs> my town. I should yeah. say. I would I would, I would say it is limited to our town, but uh, you know it's just not. <laughs> it's any anywhere that's liberal or conservative, it really doesn't matter. There's there's a, a gigantic pile of assholes in every single town. So that I've, are just doing it wrong for the wrong different reasons. I have told the story on the show before, but I'll tell you because it's funny and, and I think you'd get a kick out of yeah. it. So back, back around Christmas, it was right before Christmas of 2021. Um, it was a Sunday night and Which I still invited over Christmas, by the way. Okay. Thanks. Um, I went <laughs> to gro- I, I went grocery shopping at Walmart at the little neighborhood Walmart, um, here in goose Creek. And it was chilly, so I was wearing um, like a like a zippered up um, sweatshirt, but I didn't have the I, it wasn't zippered. And I'm walking through Walmart, and people are staring at me, and I I'm like I'm wearing a mask, so I'm like maybe maybe they're all just pissed off that I'm still wearing a mask. I don't know. There were other people in the store with masks, but I'm just like whatever. And I walk past this guy and this guy goes, nice shirt. And I'm like, thanks, man. 
Thank you. And I'm, 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 I'm immediately in my head going, I'm not going to look down. Don't look down. But I can't remember what shirt I put on that morning. And I was like, oh, fuck. So couldn't tell if that was a really like your shirt or a, I want to fucking kill you like statement. And I was like, uh, okay. And I go around the corner and I stop and I look down and I had bought a shirt during the pandemic that I guess I reached into the closet and put on and it was a big upside down triangle and on it, it says science doesn't care what you believe. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm really confused of whether or not the dude actually liked the shirt or not. <laughs> and so as I'm trying to figure it out, I'm like, do I zipper up the sweatshirt? And because if I do, then it, I'm, I feel like I'm not, I would feel like he won. So I was, I'm just standing there yeah. and I hear, Hey, and I turn and it's him walking towards me. And I was like, okay, that's the uh, fuck you. I want to kill you kind. And so he says, he says, belief doesn't care what science thinks. And I said, as, okay. as it should. And so he starts, right. he starts going off on this tirade and he's saying things like science can't measure light. And I'm thinking to myself, it can actually, there's an entire industry around measuring light. Right. But I didn't, I just shut up and I let him rant. And I'm going along and I'm looking for my stuff. And I suddenly realize that not only is he going off, but he's getting louder and louder. And I'm like, okay. And I look down the aisles both ways. And now people are stopped staring at him, yelling at me. And so finally I got to the point where I just looked at him and at him. And I said, I don't know what to tell you. Have a good day. And he was like, you have a blessed day. You know, like a good Christian would scream at somebody. And I was like, whatever. And so I'm like, I'm not zippering this up. I'm going to let my freak flag fly. And I'm just going to be like, whatever. And so now I'm walking down with my cart and everybody's giving me the stink eye. And I'm like, okay, time to leave. And so in our, in our little Walmart, the, the self checkouts face each other. So you at when you're scanning stuff you're you're face to face with another person and there's this yeah. woman and she is like scanning and like shooting daggers at me with her eyes and i look over and her her six foot three four hundred pound husband is standing there and he's got his arms crossed and he's wants to fucking kill me and i was like okay I don't know how this is going to resolve itself, but I need to get the hell out of here. So as I'm going along and I'm bagging stuff, he takes his grocery cart and swings it over to block my cart. And I'm like, okay, so I've got a mask on. And so I'll, I'll let you guess on whether or not they had masks on. The answer is they didn't. And so I'm sitting there and like, I do my thing. I I cash out and he's, he's still staring at me. So I take my cart and I go around and I stop. I look at him. I wink at him and then I leave. And now my plan is if I hear people start to scream, there's a good chance he's taken out a gun or 
coming after me. But nobody screamed. Everybody was fine. I think you're overthinking it, but <laughs> not in, not in Goose Creek, man. Really, th- th- I have no, seen no, that is true. Yeah, that is so true. many concealed weapons, concealed quote unquote weapons, on people in this town that I don't put it past anybody. So I didn't. I, I didn't like run to the car. I just casually walked out there, put the shit in the car and I left. But I was like, I think I was really close to maybe getting killed in a Walmart in the middle of South Carolina. But like, that's, <laughs> that's the way people react when like, you know, there's no discussion. There's no like, Hey, there's, well, you know, I, you know, I, I have watched and I, I think it is like where I think it is wherever you live. Um, but I've watched so many people. Nobody wants to... you and I can talk through things and right. we're not always saying eye to eye on everything, but you know, most things we, we, you know, can at least come to an agreement on why we don't see eye to eye. Sorry. If that light lightning, I turn on the light. Nope. You're fine. Um, uh, but most people don't have discussion, you know, and I think that's, that's the problem with where we are in general right now is everybody takes a hard stance about what they believe, you know, and, I, and nobody goes, okay, this is what I believe, but I'm willing to listen, you know, cause I have friends who are, uh, like, you know, very, very Christian people. Um, and they're, they're science people. So I, you know, I never personally understood why one couldn't go hit the other, you know, um, why people do that. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of people that, that are in the sciences that are, that are religious, whether they're Jewish or, or Christian or whatever. It seems though in the Bible belt that the love thy neighbor thing only counts if you believe exactly what they do. And that's just wrong. Like, like I feel you know, we don't disagree about that. I feel like a lot of times, even though I'm not, I act more Christian than a lot of the Christians I run into. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to say that I don't have more. I can't have morals because I'm an atheist that morals come from whatever. And like, you know, I, I have had, I, I have had people tell me that I am, worse than a rapist and a murderer because I don't believe in God. And it's like, well, if their daughter gets raped one day and by a Christian, you know, we can have that conversation. But why judge somebody like that? Like I don't judge anybody based on anything, but the way that they treat other people. And I, I know that's not the way that everybody does it, but like, things would be a whole lot better if we just tried a little bit. Like, I don't know. It's sometimes I, it's just like, so is the world crazy? My recommendation is to you crazy? Would, no, the world is crazy because again, that is not a, I, I know a lot of, um, this is a discussion that we have. So I will talk with Brooke, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she is very liberal. And, um, so if I talk to her, she's like, why are you so hyper conservative? And then I'll talk to my parents who are very conservative and they're going, you know, we'll, you know, we, we love you, but we wish you were just a little bit less, you know, you're very liberal. And I go, no, I am 
I, I, I'm libertarian. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. And I, and I hate everybody. Um, but, but I think it, it's not one side or the other. It really isn't. That's why we're free because, um, when you listen to one group, they talk about the other group as if they, you know, are doing something wrong. And then when finally the oppressed group of those two becomes unoppressed, then they want to go, okay, well, we had to live through this oppression. So now we want to oppress the people who oppress. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not, no, no, that's bad logic. So it, until everybody, or at least part is less 25%, let's say of, both sides start listening to the other side so that we have 75% of common sense. Um, then I don't think this can be resolved until stupidity is in the minority. <laughs> well, that's never going to happen regardless of ever. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, regardless of religious affiliation or political affiliation or anything like that. But, um, we should talk about any other taboo subjects. Uh, we, we've discussed <laughs> politics and religion. Yeah, well. So let's talk about abortion. No, I'm just gonna... <laughs> I mean, okay. But, yeah, so, you know, I. So okay, then. then, then I'm not talking about abortion. No, to to change the topic, then, <laughs> like lots of times, we talk about movies that we've seen. Have you seen any good movies lately? I haven't seen, I don't see movies very much. Um, you just sat there for 10 minutes and said how you always go to the movies. Yeah, so no, what's the a horrible, fuck, horrible man? lie. Um, okay. I saw two movies that I really enjoyed for two very, very different reasons. Okay. So I will tell you both of them and then you will be like, Oh really? And then you'll go, Oh really? On the second one, I think. <laughs> and I could be wrong about this, but, okay. um, I saw, uh, at, at the terrace theater, I don't know if we're allowed to mention landmarks or whoever. They are a sponsor, right? Um, but uh, everywhere, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, the uh, the Michelle Yeoh movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the, with the gentleman from uh, and uh, Indiana Jones. Short and, round. And, yeah, short round. Um, it just a spectacular very small intimate family comedy drama played out on a multidimensional uh metaphysical level okay yeah and it's actually only i think you would kind of almost all things considered almost uh that's the word i'm looking for a uh a movie that plays in a limited number of locations, like physically, like there's only a limited number of locations in the movie. What's more crap? I'm searching here. Yeah, I can't remember. You mean within, within um, the actual movie? Within the actual movie, it's played in a certain number of locations. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? The, the type of movie that it is? I know what you uh, I, I know what you mean. I didn't know if there was a specific term for that. Yeah, like so, like when I wrote uh, a movie about the woman during the pandemic, it's it only takes place in her house. You yeah, know, there's a maybe a scene outside of her house, but it almost takes place entirely. So yeah, 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 a limited location, whatever it is. Okay, so it almost plays out like a limited location film, uh, in so much as there are really only like three or four locations within the movie. Although, w- within those locations, it 
takes up space. It's a brilliant movie. Okay. And it is uh, uh, like Inception in so much as it is a movie that men to everybody, but don't expect everybody to like. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I find that with with a lot of Chris Nolan films, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tenet probably falls right into that category. I think Prestige probably does that same thing. What's the one in the, after uh, Inception? Unless it's Dark Knight. You're not like, not everybody's liking that movie. Interstellar. Yeah, same kind of thing. I enjoyed Interstellar, but you know, I don't expect like everybody should watch the film, but I don't know if anybody's going to like it. Uh, and the other film that I saw this weekend that you are, may hang up on me, I don't know, um, is uh, Ambulance by Michael Bay. Okay. That's the one where he and, basically oh, said all the visual effects were shitty, right? No, that's Transformers. No, he he went out on a thing and he was like all the... Uh, I guess he was saying that all the visual effects in his film were shitty. And it's like, wow, that's a bold statement. An ambulance? I could have sworn. Wait a second. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, no, no. So ambulance was made for $40 million. But it was, it looked like a $120 million film, I feel. Now, he wrecked a car. It looked like you were wrecking a car. Um, but it, it was uh, a hyper impressive film. So my. It, it showed for a director that shows such a lateral, um, even though he does have a lot of skill, um, he, he, it was good. It was a tight little film. Okay. So in, in a recent interview with La Cinema Path Gamu, Bay expressed his dislike for certain CGI shots and ambulance stating some of the CGI is shit. He continued saying that it wasn't particularly happy with a couple of shots, but that film does not rely on CGI as some of his movies have in the past. Right. Almost none of it is CGI. Well, apparently he didn't like what was CGI. So, I mean, there are a couple of shots where, you, you know, it, it does what uh, Fight Club did years and years ago, where it will, like, go from the outside the bullet hole into the window and things like that. But, you know... It, the movie looked nice okay. uh, as far as, you know, you still have the sparks. Uh, I, I thought it was super meta though, because it actually references the rock <laughs> within ambulance. <laughs> and um, I'm like, damn right, dude, you made the fucking rock. You can, re- you can reference that shit. It's been all down. The I, I really there. can't wait to. S- <laughs> yeah. So trust me. I know. <laughs> um, but like, you know, uh, ready player one, had had it followed the book, it would have definitely referenced Spielberg quite a bit. Yeah, and he was he was very specific that he didn't want any references to anything he directed. There could be references to things he produced, all of the DeLorean, the Parsifal the drives, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and shit like that. But I think the closest they got was the T Rex in the in the first challenge in Jurassic Park being the same the same it wasn't the same dinosaur but it was the same sound effect for the growl and that's as close as they got to to referencing his own stuff so were you like I enjoyed Ready Player One I I liked the book okay I liked the movie okay I, I feel like it gets so bogged I mean 
with, with the movie, it's very much 1980s Atari-esque video games versus the, um, you know, the CGI, which kind of made more sense, honestly, within the realm of the film than it did in the book. But did you read the second book? Uh, are you I, looking? I I listened to the audiobook of the second one. Yeah, thoughts. Um, have you talked about it on here? No, we haven't. Um, I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as the first book. Um, yeah. I my experience with Ready Player One is I watched the movie and then I listened to the audiobook. Um, oh, okay. So I, the, the, I think the book is better by watching it. Yeah. I'm watching it. Li- excuse me. Pardon me. Which words are fun? <laughs> Reading the book first and then watching the film. Well, it 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 made it it gave me a dual appreciation for um, what they had to take out in order to make it filmable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there there was no way that they could have filmed. Um, the giant joust competition with the dead king which is the first um which is the first um task in the book and yep. then um once you get the key you have to pass the gate and the gate was redoing the entire movie of war games word for word and so yeah. How do you do that on screen in two hours? You don't. They got the author to sit down and be like, what's something else we can do? What about a car race? You know, does it fit with yeah. what's in the book? No. But I think within the context of the movie and the way that they changed the things in order to do it, I think the movie was okay. And only Spielberg could get that many, um, different IP on screen all at once in order to make the end battle. Like that doesn't happen for anybody else. So have you, sorry. So I was just going to say, so when I got to, when it gets to the second book and the second book is like, Hey, you know, kind of the ending where you kind of see, um, um, holiday and like, he's not really an avatar. Well, that's going to be the bad guy. And you're like, uh, okay, we couldn't have come up with anything yeah. kind of better than that. And I don't know if the dude was just under pressure to like crank something out. But I, again, I think it's a story that's unfilmable from like a book perspective. Like, there's no way to have hell. Not to give away anything about the second book, but there's no way in hell you're getting that much Prince music. No, well, even like like them going into all of the different worlds of like just like um, oh god, what's his name? Why am I blanking on the dude's name? Guy that wrote Breakfast Club. I need some reference. John Uh, Hughes. uh, John John, Hughes. Yeah. The the John Hughes thing, where like they're hanging out with Robert Downey Jr. as the dude from um, was it? Weird Science? It was, yeah, it was his character from Weird Science because he was originally supposed to be Ducky mm-hmm. and Pretty in Pink and, like, there's this whole subplot. It's like, that's not filmable. Like, you can't... How do you do that? So, yeah. will the first one get a sequel? Probably not because of the lackluster box office, but 
if they do, it's going to have to be com- entirely rewritten to encompass whatever they're going to do. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I, well, the, the problem that I have with the book, again, not to give too much away, um, but I felt like the book made, I, <laughs> okay, I'm going to give some away here. I like the first uh, season of Desperate Housewives. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have the box set if you'd like to borrow it uh, on DVD. Um, do you just let me know when when you're ready to watch it? But um, they, they um, the first season of Desperate Housewives is like many many shows. And so much if you have a good show, and then you let it play out over the 12, 22 episodes, whatever you have, 12, 13, 22 episodes that you have. If you if that season is pretty airtight, then the problem that you have is you go to the sequel and you're trying to include all of the characters that everybody loved the first time. Yeah, let's do the same and thing, only like 25% different. Not even that. I, I would go as far as to say that they, they're coming up with a different storyline but then trying to go, okay, well, this person ha- now has this mystery. So the entire season was built around person A, let's say. Uh, Heroes has this problem, has this major, major problem. Because your your villain is one of the main characters that you love so much in, in that se- season, uh, well, one of Heroes. And then he's gone. Uh, and then you try to bring him back or you try to include other characters. And then you have kind of shoehorn in. Uh, all of the other characters that you loved from the first season. And there's no reason people in our lives that way. Like you and I talk pretty regularly, but we're not always in each other's lives. Right. Um, you know, as, as much as I've, I've, I've asked you for that and um, you shun me from time to time. Um, understandably so. Uh, but you know, there's just people that come and go and, but that's not how TV works. You know, with these, five main characters or 10 main characters or whatever it is, they've signed a seven season contract. It's not God, Ricky Ricardo, uh, Ricky junior Ricardo on I love Lucy, which they just write him in and write him out as desired. You know, Ricky always exists, but he won't be in four episodes in a row. And that's perfect. Uh, but like so many things you try to basically fix things by what movie did we just watch? Hold on one second. Uh, but not suffering from that problem. Was it a show or was it a fantastic piece? Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Actually, did you see? Uh, I, I asked you, I'm asking if you've been to the movies. Oh, no, no. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 does a pretty good job of having all those characters from the first movie just kind of come back and it doesn't feel by any means, but it does a pretty good job of having the human characters kind of come back in and Sonic kind of doing his own thing. But Sonic will be off with knuckles and tails for 30 minutes of that movie. And then the human characters will kind of come back in as needed and everybody exists and it doesn't feel like you're losing anything from the gaining new characters. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I will tell you that I've seen the new fantastic beast movie through means that I can't discuss here, but you know, is it drugs, Chris, is it drugs? Yes. 
Yes, they they just okay. shoot the they just shoot the movie right into the arm and like <laughs> I can remember it all. Um, wow, that's fantastic. You know when when you look at the new, have you seen the new Fantastic Beast movie yet? We're going to see it on Wednesday. Okay, then so. I'm not, then I won't talk about it. But no, I mean you can talk about like char- characters that kind of I, I you know characters come and go well, within that movie but I will tell you that like they're missing main people and a ton of what's set up in the second movie doesn't happen like is never mentioned and you're like oh okay like it's really bizarre and and I will say it's better than the second movie like I enjoyed this one a lot more but it's yeah. definitely has issues where you're like the same person wrote that, right? And no, have you looked at the credits of that movie? Well, they J.K. Rowling apparently wrote it, and then they had somebody else come in to help. Yeah, which even Cloves, who wrote most of the first Harry Potter films, right? And and it's like I said, it's a vastly better experience than the second movie, but you you'll come out of it being like. I I what don't I I there great there's there's some great set pieces there's some great things that happen in it but then you're like okay like you think there'll be a four and five we'll discuss that after you see the third one because I don't want to I don't want to from what I understand and I, I not to get any 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 plot points you know but uh, I don't are you familiar with Dan Merle at all. He used to be on Screen Junkies. No. He, he he's got his own channel now, and he's somebody I follow because he does a great job of going. This is a non-spoiler review. This is a spoiler review. Like he'll literally put it in the channel of the video. But um, from what I understand from him, is this movie feels like it's kind of talking about the last movie, but kind of trying to wrap up the trilogy but it's also leaving enough open for part four in case it does make enough money, but at the same time it might not. So therefore we're going to wrapping it up with it. I don't know what those specific, I, mean, I don't know if that addresses anything with you. But. I would, I would say that that is accurate. Uh, that is an accurate yeah. assessment of, of the movie. I think, I think there was a directive that came down from Warner brothers that said, um, not only is these are these movies underperforming, um, but we also have a a person that's heavily involved in Ezra Miller that has gone off the deep end in the past, and like the fact that they had to have <laughs> an emergency meeting. I was talking about Johnny Depp. No, I mean that was enough, but like. The fact that they had to have an emergency meeting where they were like, look, we're not doing anything else with Ezra Miller for the time being. Yeah. I think that there was probably a a discussion before that that said, you need to make this so that there's a stopping point if we're not going to do any more. But we know that there are, are things that are supposed to be told in this story that we haven't seen yet. So specifically with Dumbledore and Grindelwald like yeah the their their 
according to the Harry Potter books, their main duel is 1945. And we're not at 1945 yet. But everything is ramping up towards that. But I think Warner Brothers was like, let's be in a place where if we don't want to continue, it feels like a natural conclusion. And and it does. It does. I, I sat I sat there and watched the ending and went, okay, so was this was this shot after like like test screenings where they were like, okay, we need to like kind of like wrap shit up here. (laughs) Yeah. Did, did, did it have an ending to it? Like, did it feel like it was, or let me ask you this question, actually a better question and by better question. I mean, one that I'm asking that I'm hoping is better um, is, does it feel like you could continue the Harry Potter fries in that time frame without having them being fantastic beast movies? Because from what I understand, the the female lead from the first movie, badmouthed J.K. Rowling, and so she was written for the most part out of the third movie, and therefore her character is not not as prevalent. Could you kind of go on with the story of Dumbledore and Grindelwald and just kind of leave all the other shit behind? Well, yeah, I mean, there's the Fantastic Beast thing is just the moniker that they're that make these things um, continuous. Like that's how, you know, you're in the Harry Potter world. Is it like, it's a fantastic beast movie. Um, but I'd prefer not to see this. I like that character. The, 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 uh, the, the main character from the first film, Newt? uh, with Judas priest. I don't know his name. Newt, Newt Gingrich. Yes. Yeah. So, I think that like he's the tie through through these movies, but if you wanted to tell another wizard wizarding world set of movies, that's Dumbledore and his continuation to get to the end with Grindelwald. Like it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be five movies originally. So yeah, well, it is hundred percent. So we're two movies short of that. I think if you wanted to do Dumbledore movies, that gets you to the end and like Newt is a minor part of it. I think that's okay. But I think the story of Credence and Tina and Queenie and all the characters that they introduce in the fantastic beast movies, they've they're at a point where they can stop and you, you can be, you can be happy with where they end up. So See, I, I think that's the problem is like the story that I was watching was not the Grindelwald shit. I think the problem was, is that they needed like to completely leave that behind or kind of leave it as an underpinning plot of everything. But it kind of took over the film, especially in the second film, uh, which I assume it is in the third film as well. Like it's a great, cool uh, Dumbledore's here, but that's not the movie that I was watching. I was watching Fantastic Beasts and, and, and what Newt Scarmander, Scarmander, however you want to pronounce it, pardon. Scamander. You know, his Scamander. journey was. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no, and, and it's definitely, so, yeah, I don't. it's definitely not that anymore. It's definitely, they're, they're dealing with um, Grindelwald and um, Credence and, you know, the revelation that, Credence is somehow a Dumbledore and like people are lying to him. And there's this whole underpinning of like, um, 
that story, but there's a larger story that's going on with Grindelwald. Um, that if they had started in the first movie, this movie would make a whole lot more sense. But yeah, because that's not the story they were telling in the first film. But even even like there's something that pops up. There's there's something else that's going on in this movie that's like the juxt of the whole thing where you're like, if you had even a hint of that in the first one, like when you get to here, you'd be like, Oh wow, this, they've been talking about this for three films and we're finally getting to see it. And instead it's like, Hey, um, we're writing a new movie and we need something for them to do. So what should be the main push here? Well, let's do this. Yeah. And they're like, okay, that's great. That's that's what we're going to do now. And it's like, but <laughs> there's no there's no through line through it except for the characters that show up. Yeah. And there's there's something in this movie, in the third movie that happens that how do I well, it kind of like negates the second movie altogether. Where where, are you talking about like the crimes of Grindelwald in which there were no actual crimes? Well, because <laughs> there were no crimes in that movie. Got a prison, and that is it. Um. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, well, see, I don't want to say anything because, like, no, I, pre- I I appreciate I appreciate the non boiler nature of our conversation here. Yeah. So I, you know, even if you can't say anything more, I. We can always revisit it next week. Yes. Yes. Once you've seen it, we'll, we'll reconvene and we'll, we'll see how you feel about it, but it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, I feel like, you know, Harry Potter was such a juggernaut that they're all like, Oh, we're just printing money with, with being in the wizarding world. And it's like, no, like you actually have to have some substance to what you're doing and just having Dumbledore yeah. there and being at the school or whatever doesn't really like justify what they're trying to do. You know, the the I, the great part of Fantastic Beasts was that it didn't happen in England and you never went to the school. And here's a dude that went to Hogwarts, but like he's kind of a goofy guy and he's like tracking down the stuff and you're like, wow, okay, cool. Yeah. Like we're getting to see magic in America and we're doing all this other shit. And now it's like, Oh no, no, this is we're we're going to spend like a decent amount of time at Hogwarts and we're going to do all this stuff and we're going to bring you back to locations mm-hmm. you've seen. And it's like, Oh, okay. Sure. No, I, I love the, the, I, I was never a big fan of the Harry Potter movies or books, um, but I have read them all. I've read them all, and then I I I I have watched the films. I have a very very nice box set, but the design for me, the the set design and and the overall like feeling that they actually took care of all of this um, is what really really kind of kept me coming back. But for people, I think that people had those seven books, and had you written those five books that J.K. Rowling wanted to write, or uh, Make the films as books, then people would have gotten excited over those books. You could have seen how excited people were, and then they would have gone to the film, the the movies, in order to see well, what they had done with those movies. Well, and if she had said, never did that. if she had said, "I'm going to do five 
a five book run of Newt Scamander and his adventures, mm-hmm. there'd probably be, you know, an outline somewhere of what happens in each book and where he starts and where he finishes instead of like, Hey, we're just going to do one movie here and okay, well that was kind of successful. So we'll do another one. And it's like, no, you've got to have like star Wars has taught us nothing. Are you saying they have a star Wars trilogy? Yeah. Yeah. If star Wars <laughs> has taught us nothing is have a fucking through line because you're just fucking, it's your not your hard. Audience. No, no. Or like, and, and if Kevin Feige has taught us nothing, the, the, all you have to do is have a basic through line and if shit changes, that's okay too. Right. Right. And like, you know, I like David Yates as a director. I think like the, the pot, the Potter films that he did are some of the better ones, but get yeah. some new blood as a director in there because yeah, it's too late now. I think he's just running out of steam with some of this stuff. I think he's been in it too long. I think part of the, the everything's very gray. Well, the part of part of the joy of Potter was seeing different takes on it, and like you know, you had the Chris Columbus like kitty ones where it's like this is like a family film, and then by the end, and David Yates did like the two. You don't like the first ones? No, I don't like any of them. No, I, so I, I, I personally like, uh, I, I know I, I love, uh, it was Cuaron, Alfonso Cuaron, who mm-hmm. directed the third one. Mm-hmm. I've loved everything that he did. I didn't like that movie. And I thought like, uh, and, and I know that I'm, I'm, you know, speaking ill of, of, uh, one of the great ones. Um, but I personally liked four. I thought four is where you know, I think that I didn't think David Yates actually directed. I think he directed five, six, and seven, parts one and two. But I personally like the one that nobody likes, uh, and so much as I liked Order of the Phoenix, but I didn't have any relation to the book. Well, um, at that moment. Well, so you said you liked four, which is Goblet of Fire, and then Order yeah, of the Goblet Phoenix. of Fire. But yeah, uh, and, and it's I funny like five because and, uh, five as well because. Um. Um. God, why I am blanking tonight? Jesus Christ! Um, oh, Goblet of Fire is uh, to a lot of people like the worst film of the franchise, and it's like, really? I, I personally liked it because I like the whole competition part of it. But I guess if you've read yeah, the books same. and then you've watched the movie, like the movie is an abomination of like the book, and it's just like okay. I thought that was Order of Phoenix. Yeah. Order See, of the Phoenix. I have I have listened to a couple of books, a couple of the first books on tape. I or not on tape, but like audiobooks. Um <laughs> That's what they How used old? to be. You, called, think you said you're man. only forty eight or um, No, that's fine, man. Dude, hey, they still call it video now. I know. So so like I've listened to a couple of the books. Um it's it's a completely different animal. And I know there's a lot of yeah. true Potter fanatics that are like, the movies aren't canon. The movies are not canon to the Harry Potter universe because it's not the same as the books. And it's like, you can't be a book snob. You got to, you know, can't fit a, a 800 page book into two hours. You just can't. So shit gets left out and they're like, oh, but my favorite part was left out. And it's like, well, you can't fucking please everybody. Tell that to the Lord of the Rings guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Billy or Bobby or Bobby or Billy. What, what the heck is that name? What's the character that they mean? The cutout of the second uh, book. Bilbo. Shit! It's the one. No, not Bilbo. It's the the. the oh, Tom Bombadil. Too. Tom Bombadil. Thank you. Damn. Yeah. I'm a bigger nerd Tom than Bombadil, you. you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I. I. So. So. Um. Not to be too controversial. Ooh. But I read all the Fast and Furious books, <laughs> and I thought that <laughs> Tokyo Drift, while it did deviate from the book a lot, uh, was the first really actually pretty good uh, Fast and the Furious film. Yeah, yes, I am being serious about the film. No, I'm not being serious about the book. It doesn't exist. Uh, so I've, I've, I think I've seen them all. I think I've seen all the Fast and Furious films. I think you if- think. I well I was the last one where they went to space yes okay stupid stupid I'm a huge fan of the franchise and I'm like I don't even care about that shit the problem that that pissed me off was like was the magnet that attracts everything and something you know (laughs) that was a problem for me but then like all this backstory was like you know what it's family shit I don't care shut up get your stupid fat stupid face off of the screen that some other people like. Here's a brother that we haven't mentioned in eight films that all of a yeah, sudden great, is now cool. part of the family and it's like, uh, okay. But I, I truly think that like when it when it switched from racing movies to heist movies. Yeah. I part think four. part four, I think the one where they drag the giant um bank vault Again, part four. through the, the streets part, of no, Brazil. That's part five, I'm sorry. I think that that's where they peaked. I think that was the peak and then it started to come back down. That movie part five to me was super fun. It's a super popcorn film and it's like everybody's having a good time and it's like, yay. And then, you know, uh, Paul Walker dies and it's like, we're going to CGI him back in. And like, you're going to get that weird ending where like he's staring at Dom and it's like, Oh, that's, that's weird. And I just, yeah, I just I, don't I, think I, they I, can pick I, up from there. I, so, I had, I like, I, I feel like part eight was a little bit wobbly, <laughs> mind you. So like, part six just felt like, part five, part four felt like, okay, here's the story that we're gonna tell, and part five felt like, no, here's the best story that we have of all different versions of that. <laughs> uh, they brought in characters from the first three films they killed characters off from those first three films, but they still told a very, very a pretty airtight story as far as, you know, fast and the furious goes. Okay. And then part six was kind of a continuation of that, but it kind of just did what a good sequel does in so much as it, it plussed it, you know, it wasn't as good, but it still, everything that it did, it did just a little bit bigger. And then part seven kind of did that same thing, but I, I feel like whatever issues that film had, we're not James Wan's fault because, you know, uh, while he can tell a story that is controversial, see Malignant, um, which I did enjoy, um, 
I felt like they still told a, a story that had kind of been plussed whether or not you buy one car jumping from a building to another building and then from that building to a third building. Um, but then part nine, I still enjoyed parts of it, but it was still a little wobbly, but I felt they could get back their feet. And then I think the thing that blew out of the tire was Vin, Diesel, Vin Diesel's ego. That was the okay. thing that I feel like has really hurt that franchise. Um, in the same way that J.K. Rowling hurt the Harry Potter franchise. I feel like egos really, really are the, the thing that kill shit. Well, and I think after Because if you've got somebody movies, there who wants to... Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No. Well, I, I feel like if you get somebody in... You, you look at... And I don't know what you've discussed on the show about the Snyder Cut of anything and everything. Um, when you let somebody just have full reign of that shit... Um, even if it's the best kind of stuff, like Quentin Tarantino stuff, the, the, um, uh, you, you really tend to, at some point, run, you, you lack control because you lack self-control. Um, and so when Vin Diesel's was like, I'm the heart of these movies. I'm the movies. And, and I, I, you know, it can run for 10 movies. When you've seen James Bond run for 27 films, 25 films, uh, with varying qualities. <laughs> but... Well, all right. Um, uh, that's a lot to unpack, but okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I th- I think that the problem with Vin Diesel is that he's been told that he is the driving force of this. And so when you get in characters that threaten that, like The Rock, who, you know, they had their head budding because like the rocks character was more popular than Dominic Toretto. It's just like, okay, yes, he was in like Vin Diesel was in the first one, but like at some point he was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. And then when his career dried up, he's like, all right, I'm going to go back to this. And you're like, right. Why did your career dry up? Because you were doing all the same shit. Like, and now you're doing even more of the same shit. Like, uh, and and see, I I didn't know that like what I think in order to bring him back to the Fast and the Furious franchise, they literally had to give him the property rights to pitch black to Riddick. So yeah. they made pitch black, and then they made Riddick, and they gave him the, the they're like we want you back because we need to save this franchise, and then they gave him the the all the Chronicles of Riddick franchise rights from what I understand. Yep. Yep, that's that's the I way assume I that was before it. they saw the last witch hunter. <laughs> I mean, come on, he's not he's he's never gonna be in a position to slap somebody at the Academy Awards. He's just not. He's he's never gonna be <laughs> I, did you see the pacifier? I don't know if you did, but it was a movie. They filmed something for sure. I just you know, I look at his stuff and I'm like I've never seen a Vin Diesel movie where I was like, I've enjoyed Vin Diesel movies. I think there are parts of them where I'm like, this is cool, but there are not, there are not worldwide discussions about Vin Diesel movies. Like, unless you're fast and furious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been a part of like movies that, 
have changed the world like the the Marvel movies that he's done, but they're not starring him. And I think once you put him right, in right, something right. where you're like, you're the star, I think it just all falls to shit. I don't know what happened with Neil Moritz specifically, but you really need him back. Or Chris, Neil Moritz apparently got, the producer of the film, got into a pissing contest. So they let him go make Hobbs and Shaw. And then, um, which was, you know, really fantastic, uh, Fast and the Fur- fantastic beats and where the Fast and the Furious then. Um, but, uh, which was really the Fast and the Furious 8.5 or 9 or whatever it is. But, um, but yeah, that's what I, re- I really want to see. Like you said, I really want to see The Rock fight John Cena's character. And then, but uh, did you see part nine? Oh my God. I, you know, like when he falls in the water with all the concrete on, on top of him and then has the flashback, but he like pulls down the Brit. No, like I don't give a shit. If for some reason gravity doesn't apply to you, you leap through the air from one running car. She leaps through the air through one running car and you end up on the bridge on the opposite side. I don't give a shit because those are your physics. But when you don't apply basic like sanity to these things, <laughs> you know, when you jump cars and you're like, well, I got on an airplane. Hope we can do the same. Oh, we can't. Oh, well. And you, you you have to have some sort of rules. And it's funny because like I I have kind of come around completely on John Cena. I don't, did you watch Peacemaker on HBO? Peacemaker. Are you talking about what was that? The one of the best damn shows to come out this year. Of course I'm Chris. Okay. I'm just checking. <laughs> Before like like when I watched the Suicide Squad I was like, he's in the I zone. Him that, but yeah, he's in the zone. I like the character. I don't know yeah. how much of him I could take. Like when they announced that they're doing a Peacemaker series, I was like, uh, okay. Same. By the end, I was like, this motherfucker can act. Like, where did that come from? Like, like <laughs> one moment he's laying on the ground crying, and you're totally feeling for the dude, and you're like, that's John Cena. Like, what? How is that possible? And it's like, wow, okay. Don't punch that eagle. Yeah, like I have totally, I have totally like come around on him as an actor of like, he's got way more to show than what he's yeah. letting on. And it's like, what's going on? Like, I don't know if he has like rock levels of charm, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. He's way more charismatic than I thought he was, is I guess what yeah, it comes exactly. down to. No, I, I 100% agree. But yeah, I mean, now I guess uh, Jason Momoa and um, Brie Larson are going to be in the next one. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll see yeah, it, you but... can... And they keep like tweeting these things like, yeah, this is, this is my family. And they're like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Just film the damn thing. Like, let's. Let, let's get those um, 11 movies done so that we can figure out if we're leaving this franchise alone or if we're turning over to, to a new set of things. We need to kill off Vin Diesel's character, you know, not a la Groot and Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> but more like just real world shit and, and let him not be in this films anymore. Yeah, so, well, I don't, I don't know what you do with him yeah. after it, so... 
Yeah, well, I, I, I give give him another. Like it wasn't great, but um, Riddick, the third one in that series, was decent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with but, that. I mean, it was it wasn't pitch perfect. Uh, pitch well, pitch per- perfect. Pitch perfect black, <laughs> which was I thought it was a very odd choice to have all the aliens in the sequel form. Uh, an acapella group, but I was, I was, I was there for it. I mean, especially so, with rebel Wilson dressed as that alien. Like that's really weird. I, I it was, it was a strong choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, I watched it and I, I laughed and I cried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I, uh, I don't know. Like I did, I, I, I joke about the pacifier, but I did enjoy the pacifier the first time I saw it. Now that it's a good movie or anything. And I, I like most of the Fast and the Furious movies. Stupidly so. Um, and then um, Pitch Black. But I don't know if there's any other films outside of those where he's not just a voice. His bloodshot wasn't that. I mean, are you talking about as a as a leading actor? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when? Because I'm not talking about Boiler Room for Christ's sake. I mean, because I think he was really good in Saving Private Ryan, for as little as, as he was in it. I just, you know, you look at that and Which you're one? like, Saving Private Ryan, where you know he's part of the gang for a little while. Um, apparently Spielberg handpicked him for it, and like because he liked what he saw. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that's that's got to be worth something. Um, are you, you're, did you say Saving Private Ryan? I'm sorry. Yes. You cut out for a second. Yep, Saving Private Ryan. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But, I mean, he. do you consider him the main character in Pitch Black, or is it the the chick? The, Rodda the, Mitchell? The, the pilot of the ship. Yeah, Rodda Mitchell. Okay. Who who do you think is the main one there? I think. Um, I think. Yeah, no, I I think like you know, he wasn't the the, uh, the the main character of the film, but he eventually became the main character of the film. Like if you had said as soon as she was, you know, as soon as the end of that movie happened, not to spoil this movie that is over twenty years old because. Uh, I, was, I think I was in high school when that thing came out. Um, but, yeah, I think he became the lead character of that film. But I don't think you Chronicles of Riddick that shit. Well, so so you know? he goes right from that to the Fast and the Furious. And then he does Knock Around Guys. And then Triple X. Which is an okay movie. That is a franchise which I thought would be a bigger franchise. But that's how I feel about like every Rod Cohen film that are they're terrible, and you're like, I think people will like those films. <laughs> Once he's done with Triple X, he's then Riddick. Uh, he does the Pacifier. He does something called Find Me Guilty in 2006, and then he's small, he's like- either doing voices or he's Dominic Toretto. No, there was. What was that one? It looked like an Aaron Paul film where he's like a gangster or something like that, and has to. There are a few films in there where he like shows his 
that he does have some acting chops, even though the movie's never good. Is that knock around um, guys? It was like West Siders. It could have been. The- no, but I think there was another one in there, like One Man Army or something like that. Oh, 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 oh. Um Let's see, that's his producer. Like I I've seen all of these movies just because I watch all of these movies. Uh Fast Five Well, that's a voice. Babylon A D, which was not good. That was a terrible movie. Yeah, like most of his stuff is just shit, man. A man apart? That's the one. Okay. That's that happens after Triple uh, again, X. Again, a movie that was made. Okay. Yeah, I think that's when he was trying to be taken seriously. But then he's like, well, if I'm not taken seriously, but I can have some say in what I'm doing. Um, well, and that surprises me because Timothy Oliphant is in that, and I think he's a pretty good actor. So, you know, oh, he's great. He can't but he's not it. always like. <laughs> I'm guilty. I think I've seen this film, but I don't remember it. I I I I I know this, and he wasn't bad in Billy Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, but he wasn't. The movie wasn't very great. Wait, um, Vin Diesel was in that. Billy Lynn, yeah, yeah, yeah. In three D. Oh oh oh! There it is. Okay. I remember seeing the trailer for that and I never saw the actual film. So I don't even know if it's any good. So I, I don't know if you know this, but I am a person who make lists a lot. Oh, no shit. A lot of lists. <laughs> yeah. So Brooke at one point, like five, six ago, goes, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a huge uh, Steve Martin fan. And I'm also a person who makes lists as well as an asshole. So I go, ha 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 ha. What are your, some of your movies? And you know, there's a few like cornerstone Steve Martin films that she, um, and then I'm like, I'm going to make sure that you are a Steve Martin fan. So if you go, I'm a huge Steve Martin fan, then you will be a Steve Martin fan. So we've actually watched every single thing that he's done. Uh, like the original TV stuff he wrote. So all of the up comedy, all of his, you know, television that we've watched, uh, like everything. Like we spent like three years wow. watching everything that Steve Martin did. So Brooke is, for the record, a big Steve Martin fan. <laughs> um, and Billy's long, Billy's long halftime walk, Billy Flynn's long halftime walk, or, or whatever it was, um, was one of those movies that we watched because Steve Martin was in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, also Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and uh, especially Three Amigos, well worth your time on Blu-ray. If you have not watched them on Blu-ray, that is the only way to watch them, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I'm not into that newfangled stuff. Any way I can see it is how I see it. If I have to watch it on my phone, I watch it on my phone. <laughs> you, with your words, they are like a dagger through my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I uh, I like um, we're we're currently because uh, my friend Kristen and I, um, she and I watched all like I was like okay this this movie's coming out whatever what whatever the Pixar film coming out a few years ago was 
And I'm like, do you guys want to watch all the Pixar films again? And Brooke's like, no, I don't, I'm not interested. And uh, then Kristen's like, yeah. So Kristen and I watched everything from the, all, all of the shorts and all the films and everything else. This is before Disney Plus, obviously. Um, in short order, uh, before the new one came out. And then we watched it and Brooke's like, oh, well, you guys didn't ask me if we were. And I'm like, yeah, we 100% did. I asked everybody who wants to watch these things with me. Uh, and so now we're at, um, we just watched uh, Toy Story 4, Toy Story 3, pardon. So we're now at Car 2 as far as broken. Okay. Uh, but so yeah, we're going through all those. So in your in your rewatching of all the Steve Martin stuff, do you watch mm-hmm. it in yeah. chronological order? Yes. So when you get to he's in one episode of Thirty Rock, do you then have to mm-hmm. watch all of Thirty Rock to get there, or do you just watch that one? No. Um. So Brooke and I have already seen Thirty Rock, so that that specific episode is one we watch. Um, okay. I think actually what happened was is Kristen and I were cleaning our house at the time, so that came in chronological order for me and Kristen. But we, you know, uh, so I just timed it right. But yeah, for the most, there are things that we've seen a lot of times, and so don't necessarily need to watch over and over and over and over again. Um, but. I'm surprised you have any room but for yeah, repeats. We try. I try to watch this power. It uh, I, I've apparently eaten my beard. Um, <laughs> it's it's a lot. <laughs> we're we're watching. Um, so we watched the first five seasons of Buffy and the first two seasons of Angel. Okay. And then uh, we put that down for a while. So uh, Brooke and I are now watching Bob's Burgers. All okay. the way through, where I think it's season five or six, and then which I've seen up through like season seven or eight, but she's actually seen through the end, uh, short of this last season. Uh, but uh, we're now rewatching, or we're, well, she Brooke has never seen it. Uh, season six of Buffy and season three of Angel, which that's stupid. Those great, amazing, stupid shows—they're just fantastic. Is season? How many times have you seen Buffy and Angel? I've probably seen them through once. I've never gone back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very few series that I will go back to and w- rewatch the mm-hmm. whole way. Um, mm-hmm. have, is, isn't a is smile time in season three of angel. That's actually in season five of angel. How yeah. many seasons of angel are there? Five, five. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Buffy season one, two, three, An- uh, Buffy season four, Angel season one, five, two, six, three, seven, four, Angel season five. Wow, okay. Wow. Yeah. So Good God. We're all, all the way up to where uh, Tara gets addicted to, excuse me, Willow gets addicted to uh, magic and uh, Angel is currently discovering his son, Connor. Okay. Yeah, so. I mean, I watched most of that <laughs> stuff when it was on TV, and I've just never gone back. I recently There's, rewatched Fringe. Did you ever watch Fringe? I've watched the first two seasons of it, but I own it all on Blu-ray, not on, like, Game of Thrones seasons one through five, Okay, but I've only seen season one. 
Okay. You know? like, I'm going to buy the rest of them and then watch them. Like Fringe was a, was a show that I truly enjoyed. And I was like, when it went on HBO Max, I was like, okay, I know that I really yep. enjoyed this. So I'll just, I'll just start watching it and see how far I get. And I just finished the whole thing. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I enjoyed that more than I thought I would. Did you watch Lost? I did. I, I've never rewatched it because I don't like the ending. So was it as frustrating? Was Fringe as frustrating as Lost was? No, not at all. Okay, because that's what that's like. Because I really did love what I saw of Fringe, and I know that it goes a little X Files at times, um, in the worst way. Um, but but yeah, I really want to watch it. Like I'm really excited about watching it. The the weird thing about Fringe is that you follow you follow a timeline through the first four Mm -hmm. seasons and in season four, like episode like two or three from the end, they do this like episode that takes place in a different timeline completely. And then community. Sure. Um, And then season five (laughs) takes place all in that other uh, timeline. And you're like, but what happened to the story from there? And they're like, it's done. And you're like, oh, okay. Guess we're not going back to that. So, but I think they didn't go back to it. I think as a story, it it is one one well told story over the five seasons. But like, if you're not ready for like that weird like side jump of like, hey, all of a sudden we're over here, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. But yeah, I have you. So, and I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit hole because we'll have nothing to talk about <laughs> because we always run out of TV shows and, and films to talk about. Said no one ever. Um, have you watched Community? No. I've I've watched a couple of episodes and I never really was able to get into it. Okay. And I think that if you were to watch it, you would have to give it. Okay. So let me, before I say this stupid, stupid sentence, uh, Joe, uh, he, a big Harry Potter fan. And I'm like, I'm reading these Harry Potter books, Joe. And it's like they're written in fucking crayon. And I want to shoot myself in the face. Um, and Joe's like, okay, which book you in? I'm like, I'm on book number two and it's awful. And I, I hate it. And he's like, what you have to do is you have to get to like halfway through the third book. I'm like, Joe, that's like 900 pages for me to get to the good part. Right. So, um, the good place you have to watch. Have you watched the good place? I've seen all the good place. Okay. So the good place, then you may agree with me on this. Um, if you, you can't just watch the first six episodes of the good place and give it a, a, a pass or fail. You have to watch the first season in order to basically go, okay, this is a good show or a bad show. And community is kind of like that. And so much as you have to watch the first like 24 episodes, 26 episodes to really, it, now it's not a good place in so much as like, it gives it new context, but, uh, to really suss out those characters and to really uh, fill out those characters, it takes about 24 to 26 episodes. Thank God it's like, you know, it only takes like 12 hours, which is like, you know, a regular season of HBO. Right. 
limited series, but uh, but it's 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 worth your time. I think you'd like it just in structure alone. And I I just I watched almost all of it through with Kristen except for the last two episodes, and then I bought it on Blu-ray. And then three years later, now I'm I, I've watched it again, and I watched the last episode, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the most beautiful finale. And it, it still is breaking down structure of shows. So I think that you would appreciate it if for some reason you don't like the characters, which I think you would. It, it is a beautiful Rick and Morty-esque, obviously because of Dan Harmon, um, telling about story, like talking about why stories work or don't work, et cetera, et cetera. There is, of course, the fourth season in parts of the five, fifth season. Uh, but I think overall it's worth all six seasons. So, uh, is all six, all six is on Netflix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think it's also on Hulu, but watch it on Netflix because, uh, Hulu's commercials suck balls. Yeah. I, I, I struggled. I watched the show justified, um, which was Timothy. Great Oliphant. show. And I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. It was such a slog because I had to watch it with commercials. And I was like, I really want to continue this, but I don't want to see it. You should have called me, dude. I own it on Blu ray. Well, (laughs) you could have just borrowed it and burned it all. I was watching it. I was watching it during work. And, like, you know, I was able to get through a couple of episodes a day and stuff. And I went through it pretty quickly, but, like, I know that they do that so that you'll buy the Hulu that doesn't have ads, but I'm like, there's other ways to watch this shit. Like I can find this in other, yeah. in other ways. So I'll just do that instead. It, it was very, the Hulu is horrible in general. Um, but it's gotten better, but that's like saying, well, I shot myself in the face. <laughs> and so now I need to shoot myself in the gut because it's less, um, fatal. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, um, have you, have you been watching Moon Knight? I have. Um, I, oh my God, that disappoints me so much that you go, well, <laughs> what? What's your face? You just went, yeah. I am not digging this show as much as the other Marvel shows. And I, so you dig Hawkeye? I did because I I feel like Hawkeye is a very underrated character. I think a lot of people see him as the dude with the bow and arrow, and I like that they fleshed out his story. Um, I thought him and um, Kate Bishop worked really well together. I thought Yelena coming Mm -hmm. in was probably the best thing they ever did for the show. Like she stole every single scene she was in and it was like, okay, this is actually fun. And with Moon Knight, I'm like, I like some of the stuff they do. I like the thing where like he wakes up and he doesn't know where he is and like a giant action scene has taken place that you've missed. And I think that's clever. Yeah. And I think that's like a great way to, to get past exposition and stuff. But like at the end of the day, I don't like Ethan Hawke in this show at all and i'm like really yeah and i i'm not a huge oscar isaac fan either and i'm like okay what what oscar isaac movies are you watching that you don't like maybe it's just tainted by don't say fast and furious nine because he wasn't 
Me- oh, God, that's so sad. <clears throat> I mean, no, I, what, I, what, what, I definitely liked um, Ex Machina. Um, um, I, I even liked that that Netflix movie he did, Triple Threat, that had like Affleck in it and like Charlie Hunnam and stuff. I didn't actually see that yet. Sorry. I apologize for not. I mean, I like there are definitely ones that I liked, but I I don't know. I I just I don't know if he's right for this show for me. And it it could totally be me. It could totally be superhero burnout cuz I'm definitely feeling some fatigue of Marvel stuff. Um Okay. You know, and and I know that before you had mentioned the Snyder Cut, and I think we did discuss it on here, and I I personally liked the Snyder Cut only because I didn't like the original Joss Whedon version. And I think the idea of giving back the property to the director and being like, make the movie you want to make was an interesting exercise in how different something could be that you've seen. And Mm -hmm. him throwing everything at it was his way of being like, look, I'm never coming back to this. So I'm just going to tell the story I want to tell. Um, I thought it was an, was an interesting thing, but, um, I'm definitely to the point where I'm like, I'm not watching any of the CW superhero shows anymore the stuff that's on HBO max is interesting. Like I think doom patrol is probably the most interesting superhero show that's out there, but it's because it's so different and it's not people in tights punching people. And this is a dude in a suit punching people. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. Sure. So I, I, for me, I feel like they took like an okay movie in every single Zack Snyder film that has been cut. Like Warner Brothers is like, do whatever you want to do. You got $4,367,000. And he's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And he made Watchmen and he made a shitty version of Watchmen. And then like the ver- they, they released that film and then they're like, oh shit, people didn't like that. So let's, let's let him add in everything else. So it's, less shitty they made um they made sucker punch which is one of the worst movies i've ever seen i hope that doesn't alienate any of your audience but it's terrible and then they released a director's cut and you're like oh no but here's all the sexy stuff and you're like okay that makes more sense but it's still a terrible movie and then i feel man of steel 300 i don't know if there is outside of dawn of the dead man of three zach Snyder, any film that zach Snyder has not done a director's cut of where it was like 14 hours long, uh, Batman versus Superman director's cut is far superior to what they released. It's a pile of shit. Uh, and, and the only reason why justice league was so well received, I feel was because of the fact that, um, that he just made a less shitty version of what was already out there. Because I know that you and I firmly disagree that army of the dead was a good movie because I think that's a flaming pile of shit too. So I, I, I loved Dawn of the dead. I thought 300 was acceptable. And, um, what was that? A man of steel was, 
you know, I, I have huge issues with that as well. But see, I, I will agree that Sucker Punch was a terrible film. I think I personally think that Zack Snyder works best when he has a good producer behind him. Um, and for Man of Steel, but his wife is the producer. Well, no, but for like Man of Steel, they brought in Chris Nolan, and as much problems that I oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I have with Chris Nolan, I think he was the grounding voice for that. And I think then they yeah. were like, that movie did pretty well. Go do Batman v Superman, and it can be your movie. He makes really good looking sequences but I don't think he's a good storyteller. And I think, yeah, I think like, um, army of the dead was fun. I think what they did and the way that they shot it was interesting. Um, the fact that they were able to add Tignataro into it when you watch how they shot it, and it's like they used lenses that were out of focus. They they were doing it wide open, so like you had this really narrow depth of field, and those people had to be right in there in order to be in focus. And they were able to to like digitally add her into that. Like blows my mind. Yeah. Um, I think it was really pretty. I think it looked good. He just can't tell the story that he wants to tell in long form. And I yeah. think that's a problem. Uh, but like, I think 300 was really good. Like I can, I can sit and watch 300. Um, you I know, 300, yeah. I base, I base a lot of my, a lot of my, um, critiques on how rewatchable something is to me. If, if there yeah. are sections of it that I'm going to, uh, that I'm like, this is fucking amazing. And I'm going to rewatch this scene chances are I'm going to rewatch the movie a bunch of times and I can't tell you the last time I watched Batman v Superman and if I did watch it it was the one scene where Batman has the fight in the um, in the warehouse when he's going to get Martha yeah yeah. because that's an amazing fight scene and I think yeah I think Zack Snyder would be a really good um, second unit director for like fights and things like that because I think he does that really well. I think the overall concepts is where he he struggles, and Sucker Punch is him from start to finish, and you're like, wow, okay, like this is unwatchable for like ninety percent of it. Like, I ironically, you know who's really good in that movie? The one person who's really good in that movie outside of Carla Gugino because she's just a smoke show. Uh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> He's the one good part of that movie. What is he playing Sucker Punch? He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy who, like, with the mustache that wants to, like, uh, oh. touch all the little girls. Okay, see, I've only seen it, like, once the whole way through, so. Yeah. But you know that character, and you know why you know that character, is because of Oscar Isaac. Well. But, again, I think, I think Sucker Punch visually is amazing. Like, like he makes yeah. really pretty frames and you're like, wow, this looks great. Too bad. Like it doesn't tell a story. And I, I, I feel there's, and I don't need anybody to be Spielberg. Who's like, let me tell a fantastic story with these. And 
make them look good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even when in your bad days, when you're with like, um, 1941 or uh, Bridge of Spies, not saying Bridge of Spies is 1941, just for the record. Um, but you know, when, even his, when, when your bad movie is always, I think you're doing fine. Um, but I, I just really miss, because uh, I love watching Christopher Nolan films because I feel like he at least takes the time to think about what he's trying to tell most of the time. Uh, and it, he's trying to, I, I don't, I don't think I have the words for it right now. Uh, but he tries to sell big films in big ways. I feel it, it rarely successful, but, um, when he does, you get, you know, the dark Knight uh, or, the prestige, I, I think, is pretty fan, fantastic. Film. But see, I think what what happens with Nolan is he reads too much of his own press, and he's yeah. this auteur who will only shoot on film and will only use visual effects when it's absolutely necessary. And then he does Dunkirk, and like he's got these scenes where the beach is supposed to be packed with soldiers, like in the real Dunkirk when they were like when they were strafing the beach. The, they were arm to arm like soldiers waiting to be picked up, which is why they needed the Armada from England. And there were these big sweeping shots where there's like a little pack of people here and a little pack of people here. And it's like he can't get out of his own yeah. way. And it's like just do it to to fill in to be accurate or whatever. And, but like he doesn't do that. Yeah. He's like, I'm doing everything for real and in camera. And it's like okay, that's only going to get you so far. Like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And then he goes yeah, and I, does tenant where it's like 95% of it. It's visual effects. And then he's like, um, I'm going to mix it. So you can't hear what people are saying. And it's like, like, what the fuck, man? I, mean, I don't know. I like, I didn't mind that with dark Knight rises as much as it bothered me at times, but I still didn't like, I was like, okay, I, I, I agree with your choice, but tenant just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. Like dark Knight rises was another thing. Like he had a visual effects team to blow up Gotham and like do all this work, fill in the goddamn football game of, of spectators. Yeah. There are these wide sweeping shots of that where it's like a hundred people in the stands and you're like, what are you doing? Like he's, yeah. he's only focusing on like, Oh, it's, it, this is the story. And it's like, well, no, there's this other stuff going on too. There's background and like shit going on. So let me ask you this question. Uh, I think Quentin, Quentin Tarantino uh, of the new class, let's say Robert Rodriguez, I think to a lesser degree, but I still would call uh, their auteurs. Would you, uh, Christopher Nolan, you stated was an auteur. Would you put Zack Snyder in that same class? Because somebody like, I think again, Dan Merle, not to reference him too much this evening, but uh, Dan Merle references, uh, you know, Michael Bay as an auteur. Cause you look at Michael Bay, people try to impersonate Michael Bay and fail every single time. I would say but, in that regard, yes, because there is an, a look and an aesthetic to a, a Zack Snyder film that people try to emulate. And, may not and it may not be like people making mainstream movies that 
want to look like Zack Snyder, but he is a huge influence yeah. on the independent filmmaking community. There are countless videos of on YouTube of like, get the Zack Snyder look and this is how he's done this. And like pe- yeah. people are trying to, to give that look. And I think Robert Rodriguez doesn't really fall into that category because like he's, his stuff is more known for like the one man crew thing that he did in the beginning of like, I, I, here's how to shoot a film by yourself. And I, I don't know if that's I, necessarily I the tour thing. Well, I think that if you watch, especially his earlier stuff, you know, I, I think what he does for like $12 with spy kids is fantastic. It, it is, he's making the movie specifically for the audience that he's making the movie for. Oh, absolutely. But if you watch like Desperado, like those cut-ins are, they're Zack Snyder-esque cut-ins, I think, before Zack Snyder was even around. But I, I just miss, I miss the satire with understanding what you're saying in your Paul Verhoeven's with yeah. RoboCop and Starship Troopers miss the just mindless action, which I don't think Michael Bay can even get out of it to tell a Yon DeBont twister or speed story. Um, I just miss that. Whatever you're making the film for, make that film rather than trying to, you know, appease whatever cinematic gods you're trying to, yeah but that's not hollywood anymore hollywood is all about like having to out box office you know the film that you did before and i think i I missed the no no, i'm sorry no go ahead no 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 i I was just gonna say i missed the the 30 million dollar that's what i liked about ambulance because it only cost four i don't know if you could make that same 40 million dollars if you weren't michael bay but I missed the, you know, $30 million, you know, blades. You know, I, I think that film cost like 80 to $120 million, but you understand my point. Yeah. But that, that doesn't really exist anymore because of return on investment. I know other bullshit, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're not hiring <laughs> that Hollywood no longer hires the actor that's best for the role. They hire the actor that's got the biggest Instagram following because they need to promote the shit out of it as part of their contract. You know, I've heard all kinds of stories of like that of like, okay, here's a list of the actors that we want in this, in this, um, movie. Okay. Well, the first three are unknown and why they might be good actors are still unknown. So (laughs) here's another one that he only has, uh, 5 million followers on social media. This one has 10, but you know, Tom Cruise is, fucking king of of it all so let's get Tom Cruise for it because he's going to return the investment and it's Tom Cruise like, will also jump out of a ship yeah 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 he'll fly to space to film a movie and then you're like okay whatever I'm I'm excited about seeing it I will I, you know I mean I wish you were making like riskier films like Oblivion again well and I think I think but. he's reached that point like Harrison Ford did where he's like I'm just going to go back and revisit all the shit that made me famous and we're just going to keep doing that yeah. kind of shit and like as long as the audience keeps coming I'll keep doing them I mean at least he got off of Jack Reacher yeah. and let fucking Amazon do a show that actually made it an interesting character I have not seen that show yet but I've, I've read the first three books I'm in the middle of the third book currently 
Yeah, I mean, so, I think the dude that they got for I'm it is fucking amazing. Thing. So I, you know, I think that that if they continue he, to do that, he, he, uh, he was on the CW. You know that, right? Well, he was he was also Hawk in um, Teen Titans. Or, yeah, or and Titans. Yeah, Titans, which finally got to be good. Jesus, it only took him four seasons. Uh, yeah, well. or three seasons, four seasons. God, it was so like you're like, what are you doing? Like Swamp Thing was good pretty much right out the gate. I was 100. I appreciated that. Um, D- Doom Doom Patrol was pretty much good right out of the gate. Pennyworth was terrible the first season. Um, God, what, what I was yeah. Black Lightning. I don't. I don't know if you can have an African American show that will pull in, pull in an audience anymore. I'm curious if, to see the numbers on Naomi, but you know, I don't know if it was racism or stupidity or just lack of interest in the character that killed. That's going to kill Batwoman. Well, I think Bat. We, John and I have talked about Batwoman quite a bit on here. Um, yeah, I think that the problem with the CW shows is that identity politics plays into a lot of their shows. And I think if Batwoman was just a superhero who happened to be gay, it'd be vastly superior to here's a gay woman. That's a superhero. Like that's being pushed to the forefront instead of being a character trait. And yeah, yeah, a lot of those shows are doing that. And it's like you're killing the audience because you're not getting that demographic to watch your show. As, Supergirl was the worst about that. As Yeah. I mean, all of those shows are like that because anything that Greg Berlanti is kind of sticking his face into is going that way. And I understand inclusion and I understand like wanting to have characters that people can relate to no matter what your walk of life is, but they need to be character traits and not the character like their identity. Yeah. 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 And I think that's their problem. I think that's, that's one of those things. It's just like killing the CW shows. And I don't know how much longer they're going to do them on there. I think you're going to get a truncated season nine of the flash. I think you're pretty much going to say goodbye to Batwoman and legends of tomorrow. And then, um, what else is there? Did you watch Batwoman? Um, like, did you, have you watched those episodes? I only saw the first half of the first season. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I like Legends of Tomorrow is probably the best one out of all of them because they finally like around season three or four go oh fuck it cool um, and then you know just kind of did whatever the hell they wanted to which is exactly what they should have done um, but I think they may have waited too late on you, that show to kind of do that you do know that on the last season of Batwoman I was a victim right you're what now I was a victim of Poison Ivy um, you didn't leave your home to do this. So the, the, the episode starts where they find a dude in a shed and he's, uh-huh. he's been like, um, he's up he's strapped against the wall with vines and, um, he's got like bees 
like beat like a honeycomb stuck to his face and stuff. And then they go to the coroner's office and they say the victim's name is Chris Hayner. Um, and he lived at so-and-so and like, Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> I think I did read something on that. <laughs> yeah. So I was a victim. But that of wasn't that actually. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that, so there's another Chris Hayner that is an entertainment reviewer who lives yeah. in California. And I think he was real uh-huh. harsh to Batwoman at some point. And I think that they killed him oh. off in the show as a fuck you to him. Joshua Walter Collins played that character. Yep. So, I mean, that show's terrible, though, from what I've seen of it. And I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it at some point in time. I'm going to finish Supergirl. I finished Flash before it went off the air. I, I unfortunately petered out on Black Lightning as well. I feel bad because I haven't watched them for the last two seasons or so. Well, but I've continued to watch Riverdale. I mean, I haven't watched The Flash since like season four. So, Well, season two was the only great season of that show. I just basically gave up and I was like, I'm just not interested in this anymore. And like, like that break of like not having to complete something just like freed me up. I was like, oh, okay. I don't have to hang yeah, in with it, it if I don't want to. Yeah, a hundred percent. I get that. Hmm. Crazy. <laughs> well, we've been talking for quite a while. I know that like yeah. it's a holiday and shit, so I appreciate you doing this. No, hey, Jesus is still gonna come back whether we're talking or not. So. <laughs> is he? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Is there, I mean, I don't know him personally. Is, is there a time? I mean, I do know. <laughs> I think that was earlier this morning. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> that yeah. works. I don't know. How that, or like, uh, I was talking to an ex-girlfriend, uh, and she's like, yeah, you know, uh, she she also, mind you, is Christian. And she's like, yeah, you know, Christians go, Jesus is coming back. Let's make these chocolate eggs. I'm like, do you not understand at all? <laughs> um, which she did. So, you know, so... But, uh, you know, all German pagan stuff yeah. about rebirth and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Most people don't know that. What was it? The goddess Istar or whatever it was? Like, wasn't that the uh, pagan I, th- goddess? I think it's uh, close. It's actually the um, movie with um, Warren Beatty Ishtar? and. Um, yeah, I think it's Ishtar. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, I think it was a sequel to Marathon Man, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> You watch you watch Ishtar every year for Easter. <laughs> uh, every year, like the Ten I, Commandments. I try to see if that box office can't come back. Yeah, <laughs> Ten Commandments. Uh, I watch. Uh, what was it? Uh, the the world's greatest. Well, I can't remember the, the robe. I watch it. Um, Passover. There you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. I guess Ten Commandments would be technically but Jesus Christ Superstar happens. Um, that happens every Good Friday. There you go. So. All right. All right, dude. I'm sorry. Well, no. I mean, I. Uh, so, so are you going to come back and do another show with me? If if you'll like, have me, yeah. Of course I will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would love to, man. Well, well John is out. As long as I can. The world. Okay, God, how long has he gone for? Forty-five years. He. So his job has taken him to Germany. Um. And he is working on a project that I don't know how much I can say about, but he yeah, does I'm not sure. come back to the United States until the end of June. 
and then he's got to be he's got to be somewhere else until like mid-july or something so he was basically he was like if i have internet we can try and then i said well you know don't worry about it i can find other people and he was i haven't heard from him since so i don't know (laughs) no internet he did what did you do last week uh nothing uh just wasn't a show um I gotcha. But he was, I guess, I guess the work on other people's behalf is behind. So he was spending uh, the weekend in Paris because I guess it's, you know, just go wherever you want in Europe. So why not? Why I, not? I get this cryptic text from him the other day that says Pulp Fiction was right. And I said, what, what are you talking about? And he said, "Yeah, the oh cheese." He said he, he was like, "We're in McDonald's and it's Royale cheese." And I was like, "Oh, are you in Paris?" And he was like, "Yeah," because last I knew he was in Germany. So he was like, "Oh yeah, we're here for the weekend." I was like, "I fucking love your life, man. That's that's the life." And he was like, "No, it's all going to turn to shit." And I was like, "I don't care, man. That's still better than this." So. <laughs> So there's a lot of we we have months to try wine and whiskey. Uh, what have I got in front of me? You've got uh, I didn't buy this. Instant Red, which is Canadian whiskey, okay. specifically here. Nice. Don't get too excited. <laughs> uh, we tried Mango last weekend. Okay. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, we do. I'm working a lot now, not more than I did. Like yeah. I'm performing a lot now in ways that I did not is not to start an entire different conversation which we'll have next week but I thought uh, okay I'm a writer now yeah. and I'm just not going to sing and dance and act anymore mm-hmm. and that's what I do for as part of my living now so it's it's very odd well isn't that always the uh, way like on the weekends like, I'm putting this aside and that's what always comes towards you yeah like dude I went from like before the coronavirus zero shows and uh, you know, writing for specific things, and now I write a dog blog. I'm co. Uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, editing uh, a, a book. I'm um I'm in five shows. Wow. Uh, at, at two different theaters, and it's it's just weird. It's just funky and weird. But the dog blog isn't it just like bark yeah. bark bark space bark 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 space bark bark bark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think that they would actually you know have some sort of internal language, but it is pretty much just bark bark bark. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I but know you, do not. No. I know you're busy, and no, you, no, no, you're no, squeezing no. me in when you can. So you know, uh, I told everybody, whoever listens, that like things are going to be spotty for a while. So you know, whenever you can. It's no, I'm here. Appreciated. Every week, I'm here. We will find a time. Okay. As long as you have the time, I have it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. Say I'm Brandon. <laughs> Have a good week. I, I did. <laughs> Thank you.